to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and it is time for the game plan 49ers are going to institute against the Jacksonville Jaguars, True. at least in our opinion, Alex. Very accurate. <laughs> in our opinion is the, is the key word here, because I don't know if you knew this. You know, we're, we are a channel that talks 49ers. We discuss 49ers, all things related to the 49ers, and yet we are not in the room with the 49ers, which means, I guess in theory... I wish I was. A lot of the things that we said can be taken with a grain of salt. To an extent, but I mean, here's the thing. It's more like an educated guess, right? Most of it's an educated guess, especially when it comes to the game plan. A lot of it is speculation, but if you've watched a lot of our game plan videos, we we really haven't been off on a lot of stuff that we've talked about with this team and and how they want to try and attack, um, you know, their opponents and, you know, whoever it is on a week in, week out basis. Um, And it's almost like we watch a lot of film of the 49ers and uh, have a really good idea of Kyle Shanahan's game plan and scheme, his philosophy and what he likes to do. Yeah. And also have a pretty good understanding of the players and the tools that he has to work with and then formulate, you know, the, the best possible option ba- based on the available uh, information that we have. Oh, you're definitely trying. But, I mean, if anyone thought they knew exactly what Kyle Shanahan was going to do, they'd be crazy. I mean, Accurate. Sean McVay knows Kyle Shanahan better than almost anyone, and he, he didn't know what he was going to do. Or if he I, didn't know, he I just think couldn't he did. stop it. I think he did know. I think he very much did know. The, the best part of that, I never even got to bring it up, but the best part of that game was at the end. When they pan, oh, they're panning the sideline. The Niners have just been in complete control and dominating, stopping the Rams at every turn, forcing them to take three at the end of the game. And it pans the sideline to Kyle Shanahan, and he has the biggest smile on his face I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that was that was a good part. It was like the relaxation. Finally, he could relax and just enjoy the victory. And it was the first time I think that he felt the team played really well all season. Um, so he he was enjoying it. It, it was a good moment for sure. Absolutely was. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you have not already. And let's dive into this. Let's converse a little bit about this Sunday game plan, what the 49ers can do, because there's a lot of ways to attack this Jacksonville team. Yes, they have some talent on both sides of the football. Yes, they have pieces that are are extremely good and, and hard to deal with. But, and this is a big but, they have a lot of weaknesses and a lot of holes. And sometimes... That can actually cause problems for offenses and defenses for your game plan because you want to exploit those things and there's a variety of ways to do it. And sometimes you try and stretch yourself too thin and do too much. And what what do you think is one of the, the key things that you can expect to see from the 49ers this weekend on offense in terms of how they attack this Jacksonville defense? I think the first thing is you're going to establish the run game again. You, you saw what happened against the Rams. They had the idea that they were going to run the ball 40 times and they got in there and they ran it 44 times. Uh, do I expect a similar game plan? Yeah, I do. I, do I think it's going to reach 44 carries? I don't think so. Um, but I think what they're going to do is they're going to take advantage of what Jacksonville doesn't do well. And that is that these outside guys don't always set the edge well. We saw it on film. Um, Josh Allen is good, but he's not great at it. He can be handled by Trent Williams, and Trent Williams can actually push off him and get to another guy. Um, so you can block two guys with one. And anytime you can do that, you're going to create you know avenues and lanes to be able to run the football. These little creases for these guys to get in there. And I think Jeff Wilson Jr. is big to be able to come back. He can get you those tough yardage when needed. Uh, gets the, you know, he can run inside, he can run outside. So he's a nice addition to this roster and a nice addition to this running back room. And I think that that's what they're going to do early. They're going to attack. They're going to get on the edge. But I also think there's going to be times that they go in the middle this time because I think they can, you know, dominate Jacksonville inside as well. 
I think this is one of those times where the 49ers don't have like one area that they can attack with the run game, but they can actually attack in a plethora of areas. Um, so I look for this not to just be sweeps and outside plays, which they have handled very well this season. Um, but I think there's going to be opportunities as well to go back inside with little counter plays. And I also look for somebody like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk to get the ball going back into the middle of the field. Um, also a little shovel pass to George Kittle, something like that inside will be available as well. I think those are little things they can counteract because Jacksonville is going to have to put extra guys on the outside to stop these sweeps. And if they don't, they're going to get absolutely gashed for the entire game. Correct. And I expect them to utilize Kyle Juszczyk in a lot more misdirection opportunities this weekend as well, because we saw the Rams really, really relying on Kyle Juszczyk's movement in terms of where he's going in order to establish to them where they're actually going in space and where they need to be playing and, and utilizing. We saw at the end of the football game, Niners run uh, essentially what is just a, a stretch play to the left side of the line in which Kyle Juszczyk is centered on the right and goes directly, directly straight to the right side of the line and linebackers freeze and hold in space as I believe it was Elijah Mitchell that busts through for a knife's through for a big game because the linebackers get caught up in the wash as they're smashing down in space and creating a big fat wall to get around. Um, utilizing Kyle Juszczyk in those types of, of ways and, and forms is a great way to create misdirection without you actually having to run a counter action where the running back is establishing movement one right. way, getting flow going one way, and then cutting back across the grain. Um, so I expect that you see that. I also expect them to utilize Debo at times this week and maybe testing it out at some points um, in the backfield and then running play action off of it and maybe even play action into a screen off of that back back to Debo Samuel. You and I have talked about this, that there's opportunities for them to right, give give play looks or give play action looks, getting a guy rolled out, getting Jimmy rolled out in space like you're going downfield and then coming back across the field for screen action. Some of those, some of those are there. But what have we consistently seen from the 49ers when Debo Samuel is in the backfield throughout this year? Runs. Their run place. So when Jacksonville sees Debo back there now, they're going to be keyed into the run, wanting to step up in space for yeah. the run. And now that creates situations where you got Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, um, and whoever else it may be. Maybe it's Jawan Jennings. Maybe it's Travis Benjamin. Maybe it's Trent Shurfield, one-on-one out there in space with the ability now to attack and, and try and get a big play and a big play opportunity if they're going to stack the box, which teams have continually done to San Francisco. And I don't expect that to change this week. I expect Jacksonville to come out Put five guys at the line of scrimmage. Put six guys at the line of scrimmage. Heck, maybe even seven guys at the line of scrimmage and run five, two, six, two looks. Put eight there and just be like, okay, we're, we're selling out for this run. If you guys are able to secure all your blocks and do what you need to, you got a big play. And if you don't, then we're going to try and tackle you for a one or two yard gain. If you're the 49ers early, uh, I think, you know, the big thing is being physical, right? Point of attack, getting your three yards when you get them. And if everyone executes perfectly and the way they should, well, then you're going to have eight, 10 yard gashing runs because there's not going to be a lot of help second, third level. Yeah, the problem with that is you get the wrong personnel grouping because the 49ers can go in there with with Juice and George Kittle and Jawan Jennings and put them in a, in a little bit of a bunch set off to the right. And it affords you the opportunity to still run outside because those guys are great blockers and that you can establish the edge there. And it also puts you in a situation where Josh Allen, an outside linebacker, would have to cover one of those guys in space. And that's not a good situation because Juszczyk, George Kittle or Jawan Jennings can all beat him in coverage, even though he's a tremendous athlete. Those are not things that they do well. And you've seen the 49ers take advantage of Leonard in this last game, and they're going to do the same thing against Jacksonville. So, yeah, you want to put these five guys. We're going to put you in personnel groupings that make you think you need to be in your base set. And then we're going to take advantage of our skilled players that are you know, that type of player against your guys, and they're going to win. Here's the thing, too. Josh Allen has been a guy who's exclusively, much like what Nick Bosa was at the start of the year, exclusively rushes from that left side of the line. He's not someone who flip-flops a lot. 
do you expect that to remain the same knowing that Trent Williams is over there or do you expect them to move him over onto that right side and push against a Compton or push against a Jalen Moore? It would make sense to flip him, um, but it doesn't mean they will. And I'll tell you right now, Josh Allen is going to get absolutely eaten by Trent Williams in the run game. Trent Williams is going to put this guy down he is consistently. Not, he is not solid in the run. He's not He's not physical enough, right? Trent Williams is going to get underneath this guy. He's going to get his hands on him. I watched a ton of Josh Allen. I have watched a ton of him all the way through college. His development is nice. His pass rush skills are nice. They're phenomenal. He does not set the edge the way like a Nick Bosa or one of these <clears> guys does. <throat> he does play a lot lighter than these guys as far as physicality. He is an outside linebacker in the in the 3-4. I mean, he's not one of those guys. Could you put him in a 4-3 defensive end and let him rush? Yes. But he would have to develop the way Samson Ebicom's developed his edge rush skills to be able to set the edge against the run. He's done fantastic. Yeah, it, Josh yeah. Allen would have to do that. And I don't think he can, not against Trent Williams. It would be a better situation for them against Compton. However, if you put him on the opposite side, you know that blind side. You can you move your protection and know that Trent Williams can handle whoever you put on the other side. Who do they have? I think Clay, uh, Chase on as well. I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't like him coming out of LSU. I'm not scared of him. I don't think the 49ers should be scared of him. In fact, I think Tom Compton or Jalen Moore can both handle it. I agree with you on that there. I, I, I do. I, I really I really do agree with you on that. And the other thing that we're, I wouldn't say that we're forgetting, um, but what we're not discussing is the impact that Jeff Wilson Jr. has essentially had on this backfield now because there's times where they're able to get check off the field and give him a break and take that key, that read key for teams away and they've utilized Jeff Wilson as a decoy or as a blocking option. I mean, we saw him in 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 the wing on wing sets coming yeah. across the formation and blocking. Sometimes great, sometimes not so much. It's it's a little bit hit and miss, but the physicality is still there, and it's something that defenses have to prepare for now. Um, again, this is a guy who can definitely catch out out in space, right? So you get Debo behind him, and now you're able to get those play action looks with Jeff Wilson coming across the formation where a D end is bracing racing to for a block coming and now he slips out 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 into the field you're able to get him in space with the ball running downhill with potentially one or two guys out there that he can bully over one of them and now he's off to the races so there's a lot of ways the 49ers can take what they've already put on film which is the physicality come out and be physical and set the mindset of physicality and then use that to their advantage get a team get jacksonville to you know rush up to the line to sell out for the run Let's get in here. Let's blow this thing up and then give them a look that you've done nothing else other than run and be physical in and all of a sudden flip the script. Yeah, 100%. Because you can run play action out of that. Like you said, even put Jimmy in the shotgun. Um, you know, put Jeff Wilson Jr. over here in the in the wing spot that he was playing in the game. Debo going across like this, like they ran into the outside zone. You get the movement going that way. You bring Wilson back across. Get Jimmy you bring George turn, Kittle yeah. back across. You bring Brandon Ayuk, and there's your levels. And you you have Jimmy just do a little half roll, and he has a decision, you know, depending on how they cover it out there. But it'll freeze that defensive end, allow Jimmy that extra time to be able to get the throw, and Jeff Wilson Jr. could be open. Miles Jack, we've seen him the way that he flies upfield to read that run. If he comes up, it's going to afford them that opportunity. He has to read that opposite wing. His eyes have to be disciplined to be able to see that opposite wing coming across and then go with them, depending on coverage, of course. Um, but that's all things that they can do. And I think it does. Putting Jeff Wilson there has been setting something up. Uh, yes, it worked against the Rams, but now that you get that in your mind that this is what they do, it sets other things up, whether that is Jimmy Garoppolo under center and running some sort of a counter back with him, or like you said, that pass play. All those things work. And that's part of the reason that you see these things. It's different window dressing, different movement. It, you have to have eye discipline as a defender. And that's what Kyle Shanahan has been doing so well this year is he's been maneuvering people around. You see Juszczyk and those guys running and helping tight ends kick people out. 
Um, pretty soon there's going to be one of these situations where they do the same thing and they're going to run upfield for a big play down the field. It's it's inevitable. All these things set things up, and all of them determine something else is going to come down the road. I see all the possibilities that Kyle Shanahan can do with this. Um, I like where he's went with this. This is different than anything he did in 2019. Different than 2020. That's, this is a completely different wrinkle. This is this is and this is what makes Kyle Shanahan so special as a coach. Um, you know, 2019, the outside zone was was big. It was a, a big part of the offense and what they try to do. 2020, the offense gets mucked up. It, it really does with all the injuries, all the things you're doing. Um, you know, what you're trying to establish, the team and the identity you're trying to create, it just becomes hard because you don't have the pieces, you don't have the horses to run and execute the offense the way you'd like. Um, and so it becomes a little bit more of a, of a, I wouldn't say a vertical run game, but it doesn't have the same kick. It doesn't have the same power. Sweeps aren't there to the extent that we, we saw. No speed. No speed. I mean, they're really, really not there. And the pass game becomes very vanilla and, and watered down because very quickly uh, Nick Mullen shows you he's not capable of reading the field and diagnosing defenses and getting the right. ball out on time. It becomes extremely, extremely one-sided, extremely vanilla. Um, twenty twenty-one has been different in terms of how they approach the run. The formations different. How they execute and establish and try and create the outside zone different. The run game different. The vertical aspect different. Um, you know the the pass sets and pass formations. You know the 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 deep shot. I mean, we've we have seen them now run multiple variations of this middle cross with a essentially what is a backside either post corner or corner just coming across the field um, where you got basically just two crossing routes going through um, and trying to suck the safety one direction or the other. And if the safety sucks back, sucks back, the middle cross is there. And if the safety comes down the middle cross, you have the deep shot. Um, a lot of teams are aware of it. They know the 49ers are going to do it at some point. And despite knowing that it's coming, despite knowing San Francisco is going to run it every single time, one of the two is open. And in some cases, both of them are open and you know, we just yeah. take the underneath guy anyway. Um, you know, those types of things, being able to have something in your playbook that's go-to and being able to run it in a variety of ways, right? Running the, that middle cross action with both guys going across the field and teams not being able to have the personnel groupings and respecting the run so much that you cannot just sit a guy right. over the middle of the field to take one of them away and then tell your safety, hey, just stay deep, it's fine. The fact that they have to continually choose which one they want to take and the 49ers are consistently able to capitalize on those types of formation and plays is a testament to Kyle Shanahan really getting in defensive coordinators' heads, getting in these players' heads, giving them something to chew on, and then making them chew on it until right they've completely taken it away, and most teams haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I mean, one of the keys to being an offensive coordinator is being able to dress it up so you can run the same play, just it looks different from the start. And that's what they're doing. They're putting these receivers from different situations, different places. On um, the Trent Shurfield play that Trey Lance, you know, uh, threw in the in the preseason, preseason, the 49ers came back to that, and they had they tried to do it this week, and this time Shurfield wasn't open, so Jimmy threw it to Jawan Jennings, uh, and it didn't end up in the completion. But they're going back to those things, but they ran it from the opposite direction, the opposite side of the field, a uh, similar personnel. But uh, what you're only, saying, only difference is Jawan Jennings running the middle cross and not being able to create separation from Jalen Rams. Oh, uh, shocking! J stunned. J you mean Jawan Jennings can't create separation from? Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I feel shocked. There's not a lot of receivers that can, um, but when you run a 4-7, it, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. No way. But uh, ultimately, I think that the 49ers can attack <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars in a variety of different ways. I think that Miles Jack is talented, but he's one of those guys that's going to get caught up in bad situations. And I also think George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk can win consistently against him. So I think the 49ers can, can pretty much do what they want as far as in the run game. I mean, that's what it's going to be about. If they establish this run game early, they're going to be able to get into the play-action pass and then attack intermediate part of the field. RPOs is something they can run as well. 
um, because those linebackers suck up and it creates those avenues and lanes for Jimmy Garoppolo to get the ball out quickly to Debo and Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> and we saw Jimmy call one. I mean, they saw them run one. We saw Jimmy execute it. He, you know, he's seeing the formation. He's seeing the six, seven man front. He's seeing on the motion linebackers flying with motion yeah. to, to stop the sweep and literally take snap pulls and just throws the slant inside. I think it was to Debo, was it not? It was, was it, to Brandon Ayuk. It was Ayuk. Okay. Yeah. So you had the, that, that action there and it's like, okay, well, now you know, right? If you're Kyle Shanahan, this is the the option for teams is just that. It's to get these linebackers flowing. So what is the obvious next chess piece, right? What's the next move to counteract the RPO? What are you going to do? You're going to pull safeties down to take away the slant or to come down in space on the slant. Now you give that RPO action. And if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, you give an action where you like fake and then delay to come back for a stretch play or something. And then you sneak George Kittle out over the top, and now you got safety, your safety, your single high safety, who's now walked down in space to take away an RPO slant. Right. You've had your linebackers flow, take away sweep or outside zone look, and now you have someone sneaking out the backside deep. And as long as protection holds up, yes, it's going to take a little bit longer in space to develop. But if your protection holds up, you call it at the right time. Where they don't have a run blitz set up or things of that nature, you have a guaranteed big play just sitting there waiting to use at your disposal. It's all about execution, how you decide to design it, and then timing, when you call it, when the situation in the in the moment is right. Yeah, in 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo was very successful at the RPO. He used to get the ball out to Debo Samuel all the time. In fact, some of the slant plays that Debo would catch it and get you know, 14, 15 yards on were from RPO plays. Uh, design runs that he sees a look that he likes. And in this particular game with Brandon Ayuk, he saw the corner drop off. The corner bailed pre-snap. So he knew he could just turn whip and get, you know, Brandon Ayuk the ball. It was a situation where it was uh, first and 15. Um, yes, first so, and 15. So they needed yeah. to go ahead and, and pick up some yardage, and they got six. It's better than a run play, right? Um, so he just whipped it, threw him the ball, let Brandon Ayuk create, six-yard gain. Okay, let's move. Now we're second and nine. You're feeling a lot comfortable after getting a, you know, penalty on first down. Um, so it affords the 49ers a lot of opportunities to be able to attack in the pass game if you're having to dedicate to the run. And that will soften people up and allow you to run the football again. Because in the in the in the long run, especially Kyle Shanahan, he wants to run the football consistently. The pass game is predicated on this run game. So whatever this run game is doing, that's how good the pass game is going to be. Will he soften you up with the pass if needed? One hundred percent, he will. That's why Jimmy Garoppolo had two straight three hundred yard passing games. He's trying to soften them up so he can run the football again. Kyle Shanahan is a run first coordinator. He wants to run, um, but if you're going to take it away, he's going to find another way to beat you. And uh, that, that's what it's all about. And that's what I appreciate about him. How, like Sean McVay is a throw first coach. He's and the, he, he's he runs the, off of that. He's the inverse of Kyle. Right. Same concept, same scheme, same ideology in terms of how you have offensive success. Like, you know, the, the ways you want to attack a defense. The only difference is that McVay is predicated on being able to throw that ball first. Yeah. And using the run as a complement to your ability to throw the ball downfield. And Kyle wants to, like you said, establish that run, really get you to suck up in space. And now you have weapons and talent on the outside who can win in one-on-one -on -one coverages or things of that nature. And then you can operate anywhere you want on the field. Well, it's also very clear by the personnel groupings. Right. You know, it's all about three wide receivers for the Rams, no fullback. Um, Kyle Shanahan has a fullback and he always operates with a tight end and sometimes multiple tight ends. True. Um, it, it's, it's a different philosophy, one that's based on run, one that's based on pass. Are either one of them wrong? No. Uh, if you have the personnel for it, you can run it. Any offense can work. True. Uh, but Kyle Shanahan operates his to a very high level, and that's why he dominates, you know, Sean McVay. A lot of times you, they'll build a defense around a defense that would normally stop their offense. So what is the Rams' defense built on? Stopping a passing game. And the 49ers' defense is, you know, a lot of times built on on stopping the run. So uh, very good front seven. So a lot of times they, they emulate each other. It's, it's kind of interesting. But uh, I'm, I'm excited about the 49ers' prospects against Jacksonville on offense. 
And I'm excited about what they can do on defense as well. Um, because I think Jacksonville has some weapons, but I think we both believe that if you get, um, if you stop James Robinson, if you stop him early in downs and you force Trevor Lawrence to have to beat you consistently on third down, third and long, it's going to be a long day for them because the foreigners can pin their ears back and get after him. We've seen some of these other guys, Aminahue and those guys stepping up. Um, so it should be nice to see. And I, I wonder how much you can, you can uh, double team Armstead. They double team Armstead against the Rams all game. And, and they tried to single up a little bit on Bosa sometimes. It's like, how often can you do this? Because we saw situations where Contavious Street literally just, you know, pushed his guy straight into the quarterback. So the defensive line can win given time. Um, yes, did Josh Norman leave guys open at times? Yes, but you know what? Josh Norman didn't, they didn't do. They didn't complete those passes all the time. So it's okay sometimes for this to happen. It's going to happen in the secondary. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about the prospects. But yeah, get Trevor off his spot. Make him feel uncomfortable. Get after him. Don't do what you did to Justin Fields. Um, don't sit back. Get after him. Get him off his spot and make him make mistakes. Key. It's key. Um, you know, that, that game you talked about, read one, taking it away. Take away, read one. If you do that, success. Yeah. Same thing here. Uh, read one is, is going to be vital. Um, taking away the thing that he wants to do, go to, taking away his comfort zone and his comfortability, that safety blanket, whoever that may be, taking that away from him or at least making him think about it, right? Not be able to just hit the back foot and throw the football. That's huge. If you can make a young quarterback second guess a few times, and then he takes sacks where he takes, then he's going to do one of two things, right? He becomes gun shy and doesn't want to make any throws because he doesn't like what he sees, or he's going to start pressing, meaning he sees something. Yeah. He knows he doesn't like it, but you know what? The last few times that I did that got sacked and I probably should have just taken it. So he starts taking risks and chances when he's not seeing what he wants to see. And when you start doing when you start doing that, now you're predicating a young rookie who doesn't have a full grasp of NFL defenses, who doesn't understand full in full disguises how teams want to scheme things up, and asking him to be a gunslinger, essentially take chances, take risks. And when you do that, it opens up the door for even more turnover opportunities. Something the 49ers have struggled with creating those turnovers. Well, you got a young rookie, you got a young rookie who has shown he will make poor decisions. I mean, we 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 the know your opponent video that that came out yesterday at 5:30 p.m. You saw it. The very first play of of their offensive series, they they had a punt blocked and returned for a touchdown. They come out punt. After that, the the Colts drive down the field and score, and you now you're down fourteen nothing. First play off being down fourteen nothing, he's rolling out of the pocket and taking a shot downfield that he has no business taking. It's because he's a young guy who, when things start turning a different direction, the weight of the world falls on his shoulders, and he feels like he has to do it himself. Yeah, and and there's a throw that he made in college. <laughs> That he, that he believed he could do again, but this Correct. is the NFL, and that that corner was you know sitting there Wait, on the shorter route and was able to drop off. It's different. Hundred percent, oh, it's different. Uh, man, but yeah, you're right. He's gonna. If the thing is flashing in front of his face, I, I brought this up. You know, when we were talking earlier this week, is if you flash in front of his face, he will see the rush, and once he sees the rush, um, his eyes won't go downfield again until he gets where he feels he's safe again. Um, so flash in front of his face, make him feel uncomfortable. He will lose read, so he'll miss open receivers, and then you're able to get after him. That is a key this week. So bringing pressure from one side like they do with Armstead and Bosa is a good thing because that's right in his face. That's right in his vision. It's not so much about the backside. It's about right there in the front of his face. And those two guys are going to be you know, predominantly right there, and I like that about it. I like that situation for the 49ers. I think you can run stunts against him because, yeah, he can he can beat you with his legs, but he doesn't want to beat you with his legs. What he wants to do is he wants to be able to sit back in the pocket and then pick you apart. He is a, a passer in the long run. Um, will he run? Yeah, he will. But I think they need to go after him early, get after him often, 
and put him in bad situations where I think they can actually create turnovers. In fact, you know, my wild ass bowl was that the foreigners are going to create four turnovers in this game. And I think that is very possible. Um, I'm not actually thinking that's very outlandish because I think he's going to make some mistakes in this game. And I think the foreigners are going to be opportunist with it. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, the one thing I'm interested to see is how the Jaguars actually decide to use LaVisca Chanel. Um, because he's a weapon that should be used in a similar manner as they use Debo Samuel. Oh, they're using Jam It's funny. They're using Jamal Agnew now in that role. That slot hybrid routes underneath stuff, occasionally take some shots deep with him in the backfield as a runner. But it's just speed. That's all Agnew provides is speed. And so every big play that Jamal Agnew has had this year has been because of blown execution. And it's blown execution, and then his speed able to capitalize on the blown execution. Right. He doesn't make people miss. He's not, you know, lighting the world on fire with his dynamic skill set. He's being successful at being very fast. And, you know, some people right now might be going, well, you guys love Raheem Mostert for his speed. Ah, yes, you're right. We do love Raheem Mostert for his speed. But what makes Raheem Mostert different than Jamal Agnew, for example, is he's shifty. He's got great vision. He makes people miss. He runs through arm tackles. Mm -hmm. Jamal Agnew's big plays are not that. It's just Jamal Agnew being really fast. Like that's that's it. Okay. Well, you can make a really you can take away a really fast person by knowing that he's really fast and not giving him opportunities to beat you downfield with his speed. You can put guys strategically in spots. You can show coverages to force looks to to get him running routes right into someone sitting there waiting. Hey there, Jamal. How you doing? Yeah. You, nice to see you today. Um. Tickle on my throat. Sorry about that. Uh, but no, this, this is Jamal Agnew is not the, the threat that, that I'm actually worried about. It's them realizing, Urban Meyer realizing what he actually has in LaVisca Chanel because he can run every route on the route tree. He does have speed to, to beat you downfield. He is a very talented runner with the ball in his hand. Mm -hmm. Like he is probably the biggest threat weapon with them. And early on in the season, it seemed like they realized that. And their offense actually had a lot more success when Charlotte was touching the ball. And since then, hasn't been the case. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know who Visca <coughs> Chanel is, um, he's a player that is a, very reminiscent of what Debo Samuel is. Uh, he can do those type of things. He can run the ball. Uh, he can, you know, catch the ball in the backfield. You can line him up anywhere. It was a guy that I was, I was very fond of in the draft process because um, I, the two guys that always jumped off film to me were LaVisca Chanel and Chase Claypool. Those were the guys that I really liked a lot. And Chanel, I just seen him in that Debo, you know, mold. <laughs> but it appears Jacksonville hasn't been able to use him in that area. You know, you see what the 49ers do with Debo Samuel. And then you see what they do with Chanel. And it's like, they just literally leave him in the slot sometimes. Uh, they don't use him creatively enough. <laughs> they put him in motion occasionally. Don't fake him the ball. Um, so I'm trying to figure out what Urban Meyer, you know, isn't doing with this guy. And... In fact, if Urban Meyer would like to ship him to us for a late-round draft pick next year, I would love that because we could use a third receiver. Um, you know, since we had guys who haven't worked out, this would be a nice option, somebody that could do the things Debo does when Debo is doing something else. Um, so, yeah, but I, I am curious to see if they end up using him in this game and how the 49ers match up with him. But I have a guess, as it, what I've seen on film so far, that Jacksonville is going to just put him in the slot and someone like Kwan Williams is just going to be covering him. And it's it's... It's too bad for LaVisca Chenault, but wonderful for the 49ers. They don't know what they got in that player. It's huge. It is huge for the 49ers. I mean, that, can, that cannot be understated enough. Um, not utilizing a weapon or not being able to find a way to utilize a weapon, whether that's a mishandling or misunderstanding of what the player is or just him not being a good system fit. Um, I think that might be it. He might not be a good system fit. Uh, it, it, you're not wrong. You're, you're, you're not wrong. Um, and this is what I mean. When DJ Chark went down, I was in the firm belief category that 
you're going to finally see this. You're going to finally see the evolution of this guy in this offense because the safety blanket at receiver is now gone for Trevor Lawrence. So now you need to create it. Um, You made the trade for Dan Arnold, but I mean, he's that one's a player, but him and Trevor have not been able to find that chemistry. Well, Trevor's not used to throwing the tight ends. Also true. They didn't really have, they didn't really do a lot of tight end looks in Clemson. So um, he's not comfortable with that situation yet. He will develop some sort of chemistry with the tight end eventually. And you would think Urban Meyer's offense is so predicated on tight ends that they would, you know, get something going there. But he hasn't got it going. We've seen a little bit of the H-back look when we were watching film, you know, where they put that tight end off the ball and he's not in line, uh, and they use him that way. So, sort of some of the things he did at Florida. Um, but you really haven't seen him get the full, you know, bit of this offense going. And a lot of that could be personnel. He doesn't have his personnel in there. I mean, that's the thing when you're in college, right? You're able to go out and get all the personnel you True. want to run your system. And he hasn't got it yet. Um, but look for them to start moving on from guys who aren't system fits. I think Travis Etienne was somebody he was expecting to use kind of in the Percy Harvin role. Um, that's what they wanted from him. And I think it would have opened some things up. But, I mean, you do have Agnew that could stretch the field. So you would think him stretching the field, taking the top off, and then LaVisca Chenault and Dan Arnold being able to operate underneath would be a pretty good plan. I mean, the 49ers do it consistently. Urban Meyer just needs to look, you know, 3,000 miles away and watch what Kyle Shanahan does with Debo Samuel and with George Kittle. I mean, yeah, these players aren't those. I mean, as much as I like Davis Christianol, he's not Debo Samuel. No. As much as I like Dan Arnold, he's not George Kittle. No. Um, but you could do things in a similar fashion, you know, a Diet Coke version, you know, just one calorie, um, but it's good enough. It might be good enough. It you, might be good you, enough. You don't to, know until you try. Well, it could be winning some football games. So I don't know why he hasn't emulated a little bit of what Kyle Shanahan does with that type of system. You've seen Kyle do with Goodwin taking the top off the defense and letting Pierre Garcon and those guys operate underneath. Um, so this has been a tried and true formula, and so far Urban Meyer hasn't went to that. Uh, maybe he will, but I think he's trying to get his thing going. But right now, the biggest thing is just making sure you stop this run game, and then stopping Agnew in certain situations where he can have dynamic plays. And if he doesn't have those dynamic plays, and you close those things down, uh, there's going to be a lot of three and outs. You're right, and you know Urban Meyer actually had a quote the other day, them asking about what's been going on with the wide receiver room and with Lavisca Chanel. He said that's one of the areas we're still trying to figure out. Was the quote. Um, I'm not sure what there is to figure out. Call me. I'll I'll, I'll show you what to do with LaVisca Chanel. <laughs> and then I'll show up with sh- with a film of Kyle Shanahan. And I'll be like, hey, this is Debo Samuel. Um, This is what you should do with him. You should do things like this with him. Because he's literally, you know, handcuffing himself. He has one arm behind his back because he's not using uh, Visca the way he should. I like what he's doing with Agnew, putting him in the backfield, using his speed. Yes. Um, but you have multiple weapons. And when you when you embrace the idea of a positionless player instead of, you know, confining them into a specific role because they're a wide receiver. Uh, that was one of the things I didn't understand when they were talking about Travis Etienne early, is he's going to play wide receiver. You don't have to classify him as a wide receiver. Let this guy be a weapon and use him in the backfield. Just use let him, him be, yeah. yeah, as a, a, as a receiver. Back, whatever he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he wanted to conf- you know put him in that Percy Harvin role so bad mm-hmm. um, because he actually wanted, what's his name, that was from Florida. That's they, we, Kadarius Tony is who he wanted. Yeah, he wanted Kadarius Tony, which I would have loved because I would have been a complete cluster. Kadarius Tony is a bust. He has not worked out so far. 100%. I, I said the first round was early for Kadarius Tony. I, I said the draft I just, was early. I just wanted to say, Kadarius Tony in the first was very early for me. I said uh, the draft was early. There's no wiggle. He should have been drafted. It just shouldn't have been the first. There's no wiggle. Um, No, he should have been drafted, but like into the second, third round. Uh, that's fair. Because I probably would have went the one, the one thing about him compared to other guys is they have a lot of wiggle. They can make people miss. Kadarius Tony's still a straight line guy. He catches oh, the ball man. and he turns straight up. But That's they, it. But they have all those like, two minutes of highlights of him in college making people miss. College. It's also two minutes of highlights yeah. in college. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can make a highlight video Here, of two minutes for anybody. Here's a crazy stat for you. LaVisca Chenault in 2020, his rookie campaign, when targeted 
Quarterback rating of 116. Mm-hmm. This year, 72.1. The only thing that's changed is your quarterback and your offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. Last year, they knew how to use him. Correct. He, he, was good. he looked like he was on pace to be an absolute fantasy nightmare for, for people. Like, if you were people. going against LaVisca, he was going to be big. Um, but they don't know how to use him, and that's good for the 49ers. There's been, I think, 20-plus drops by the Jacksonville wide receivers. He's, he only has three which matches what he had last year at this point in time. Um, he's got 20, I think it's, he's got, he's been targeted, I think 60 less times yeah. already this year, but he's uh, then at this point last season, but he only, he has third, I think he's got over half the amount of receptions. So despite the drop in targets, his reception numbers are up. So just get the guy the ball. I mean, if they can get him the ball, it's fine. Uh, Urban, now that I'm saying that, don't get LaVisca Chenault the ball. Yeah. Uh, keep not going to him, especially this week. Don't put the ball in LaVisca Chenault hand. Keep going at wide receiver one Marvin Jones Jr. That's that's fine. Yeah, I like that. Let, let's keep going at Marvin, and then let's let's not figure <laughs> out ever what to do with Lavisca Chenault. Nope. So you can ship him to the 49ers for a six or seven round pick. Hey, you know, in all honesty, if you just don't want to hand the ball off to James Robinson at all either, while we're at it, I mean, just just do that. Yeah, I like that. Let, let's try to give the ball to Agnew up the middle. Yeah, that'd be that. the best game plan. That's the best game plan. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried. When Agnew's in the backfield, Alex, I know it's we going outside this on the know it's, your it, opponent. It's going outside. Yeah, right. So just completely widen out even more. Um, take the wide nine and turn it into a wide 15. Yeah, just completely <laughs> go wide. You know, take your, your inside guys, your three and, and um, your zero or your one. Put up the five and, technique. <clears throat> yeah, do it. I mean, make Agnew run up the middle and just look at them and laugh um, because I don't think they're willing to run a draw play or something like that up the middle. You could even show Fred and them early in a double A to make it look like, you know, it is filled and then just move them back out. But yeah, I'm not too worried about this. And I expect when Agnew is in the backfield for them, <clears throat> excuse me, Bring a linebacker up on the on the line or for a safety to come down into the box off the edge where they can help stop those edge plays. And I think you just sell out in that way and uh, make sure that he can't do anything. And then you know, you, they don't really have a weapon. Like you said, Marvin Jones, you don't have a weapon that you feel can, if Agnew's in the backfield, that can dominate down the field. So I think it's a good situation for the 49ers. They can get physical, you know, with with Marvin Jones. Uh, and then, like I said, they're just not they don't know how to use LaVisca Chenault. Um, so that that's a good situation. It's a great situation for the 49ers defense. Uh, makes me happy around here uh, because if you're not going to use one of your more dynamic, diverse weapons in your offense to exploit defensive weaknesses and matchups, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Thank you. It, that's it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Please, please keep doing it. Yeah, at least for one more week. At least for this week. Until you play NFC teams later, then beat all them. Oh, please, yeah. yeah. Like just figure it out then. Maybe maybe Urban will see how they use Debo in this game and be like, oh. You know, like the idea bowl will we'll go, go up over there. Him and Kyle will go for the handshake. Hey, man, I need to pick your brain, young man. Let me pick your brain, young man. If I was him, I would just literally be like this and just copy off Kyle's nose. Well, this is this is the thing that's crazy to me is that Urban, I know he knows how to do it. Like, I, I know he knows. I've seen what he's done with guys like Percy Harvin. I've seen what he's done with, you know, as much as Aaron Hernandez is a hot button topic for people we're talking off skill the set, field. Yeah. If we're talking skill set on the field. I, I saw what he did with them at the University of Florida. Jordan Reed, what he did with him at the University of Florida. I mean, Jordan Reed started off as a quarterback at the University of Florida, was splitting reps at the quarterback position, and then they moved him to tight end. Yeah. And he was an absolute monster and a savage. I mean, Urban, I know that he knows. I've seen him make the adjustments and put people in positions to have success. It's not working here. And is it because is it because LaVisca Chenault doesn't have that type of speed He's not willing to take the chance on it. Maybe that's what it is. Hundred percent. He's somebody that he didn't bring in, and so he hasn't figured out exactly how to use him in a system. You're think about what you said earlier. He's taking Agnew and using him as a Percy Harvin role. Um, so he thinks he needs to have that elite speed guy. 
he brought Dan Arnold in, but let's be honest, Dan Arnold is not either one of those tight ends that we talked about. No. Um, so he's not going to be able to do those things. So Urban doesn't have the guys that fit his system exactly. So he's not going to be able to run that system that he wants to run. But as a good offensive coordinator, you he should adjust, to adjust to the talent that he has. Um, so, oh, I don't have those pieces. While I'm working to bring those pieces in over the next few years, I'm going to run and use this guy, LaVisca Chenault. And why not look at the way other people are using these type of guys, right? you got McLaurin up there in Washington. You've got Kyle Shannon doing things with Debo Samuel. I'm going to look at the way that they're using these guys, even Antonio Gibson. Oh, this is how they're using them? I can do those similar things because I have a guy with those similar traits. It is actually a disservice to this offense, and Urban Meyer needs to step up his game, or he's going to get ran out of town adapter, eventually. Adapt or die. 100%. And I think... He does have the ability now because he's, he just got there. He's going to have time, right? He has time to adapt. They're going to give him two or three years to put his players in place. I think he's got, I think he's got three. Well, I say that. I think he for sure has through next year. If next year stays as bad as this year has, he could be gone by the end of it. I mean, it would be him leaving. I don't think they'd fire him right <laughs> Because they're still going to be... Mutually part ways? Yeah, could be. But they're, gonna, they're still going to have to pay him a ton of money, right? Correct. Um, so... I think there's decisions there, but yeah, he, he definitely doesn't have his guys. He doesn't have Travis Etienne, and he has no idea what to do with Lewis Kishnall, which is crazy to me because that dude has a lot of ability. He does. So, I mean, at worst, he's one of those guys that can catch 50 balls a season. At worst. Well, he's on, pay, he's on pace to do that right now. He's yeah. for sure on pace to catch 50 balls this season. Uh, the problem is is that he caught a majority of those 50 balls for the first five weeks and has since been a ghost. Yeah. Literally a ghost. A couple of catches here, a couple of catches there, and that's about it. I hope he goes himself right on down to San Francisco. Hey, that'd be fun. Urban a seventh? Would a seventh do it? I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. His name's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, 100%. John Lynch, John Lynch call in the offseason. Uh, LaVisca Chanel will be a nice addition as wide receiver three. At the end of the game, he's like, you know, I just can't figure out what I'm doing with these guys. And Kyle's like, you know, what about this LaVisca guy? You know, what are you guys, what are you guys feeling about him? I just don't know what to do with him. Oh, man, that's a shame. That's that's truly a shame. I'm sorry, sorry he's a bust for you guys. I really do. John? Get on the phone. I can guarantee you right now that <laughs> get on the phone right now. I guarantee when they're watching film of the Jacksonville Jaguars, that defensive coach, defensive coaching staff is like, huh, I'm glad they don't know what to do with this guy. I'm yes. Yeah. He's a talent. He is. He's an absolute talent. We'll see. I, I'm curious to see how they end up trying to attack this 49ers defense. Um, everything would point to them trying to get this run game going early and yep. and get the 49ers on their heels. But if the 49ers stop them in early downs, uh it it could get u- ugly early. I it know, could. I know you said they they're not going to score more than three points in this game. Guaranteed. I, I, you know, I don't hate it because last week I went on a limb and said they were going to score 38 and they got 31. Um, you were feeling, close. I was feeling pretty good about it. You were close. Yeah. And you know what the funny part was is last week I told, what did I tell you? I am not willing to go there until this offense shows me they can do it. Well, guess what? They showed it. Yeah. <clears throat> they showed it. So I'm back in the, they can score 30 plus a game. Category. One more. Oh, they, they definitely can. And uh, oh my goodness. Antoine Speedy Battle. With a subscription, welcome to the Cutback Crew. A very solid name. Welcome, Antoine Speedy Battle. I like it. He's a Speedy Battle. He's he's hoping for a Speedy Battle this weekend uh, with the speed that the Jacksonville Jaguars have at some positions and the speed at the linebacking core for the 49ers. We get ourselves a Speedy Showdown. Look at that. Look at that. Tied that up beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was great. It's almost like we're professionals. Um, they don't have as much, um, as much speed as the Eagles, though. The no. Eagles speed was a lot more uh, scary, in my opinion. It's more speedier? Okay, Speedy Gonzalez. Underlay, underlay. Arriba, arriba. Underlay, underlay, mama. Yeah, yeah. Uh oh. What's happening now? <laughs> Cutback crew. We hope you enjoyed this breakdown of the Sunday game plan and what it could look like. Yeah. Uh, let us know what you thought down below in the comment section.
right now. Do you have complete faith in this team? And it doesn't matter what the game plan is because it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or are you like us? It does matter. It's the NFL. All these times, all these te times, teams have elite talent and can do a lot of different things. And it's important to attack them in proper ways and be able to properly assess what your enemy is doing and then be able to take those strengths away, make them play to their weaknesses and expose them when you have the opportunities. We want to hear from you. Let's have a conversation about it down below in the comment section. Yeah, let us know what your game plan would be, how you think Kyle Shanahan is going to attack this defense, how you think D'Amico Ryans is going to handle going after Trevor Lawrence and stopping James Robinson. I'm curious. I'm sure we'll get some people that are going to you know, give us a game plan. I always enjoy reading it. Um, so go ahead and lay those down in the comment section. Is it going to be brute force like Wiley Coyote chasing the Roadrunner in which you just head down and go? Or is it going to be more conniving like Tom trying to catch Jerry? Interesting. Uh, interesting that those those are the two that you brought up. I mean, uh, uh, prey hunting predator, essentially. All folk. <laughs> oh goodness gracious cutback crew make sure you're subscribed as well and if you want even more videos more in-depth analysis head on over to patreon all 22 film coming out today featuring yours truly talking about this jags game against the i think it was the colts this last one the all 22 it was, yeah so we're gonna dive into that film get a little insight and you can kind of see where ant and i were pulling some of this knowledge and some of this idea about the jacksonville jaguars from that game against the Colts and maybe yourself come up with an even better game plan than we came to and what we concluded. And uh, then you can drop it in the comment section down below. So tons of great content, tons of way for, ways for you to engage with the 49ers and with the cutback crew. So make sure you take advantage of all of it. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Patreon's a fun thing. You can just go through all the different videos, whether it's Madden or, you know, it's a 49ers cutback in time sure. or it's big yikes, which is a huge favorite. Um, go over there and check it out. You, there's lots of all 22 films. You can go back to all the other ones. If you just want to watch the all 22 film, um, put us on mute and go ahead and watch it. True. Uh, if you want our breakdown, go ahead and listen to it. But mm -hmm. it's it's a cool thing. And, and we've been enjoying breaking down the film and it gives an idea of what you're going to see in the next game and how we come to some of the, you know, the, the reasons that we come to our score predictions and that sort of thing. Um, it, it wasn't just a, a wild guess that I thought the four were going to score over 30 points against the Los Angeles Rams. True. I had a, a nice feeling about it. So um, sometimes it's about matchups. Sometimes we see it. Sometimes we don't. Um, but we're really trying to, to do the best we can to break it down. And be transparent about it. Yeah. So why why are we thinking the things that we're thinking? What, what are we seeing? Well, we give it to you. We give yeah. it to you, whether it's here on YouTube, whether it's over on Patreon, whether it's on Twitter as well, uh, Instagram occasionally, and uh, Facebook definitely all of them yeah. all of the all of the the conversations are being had on all the platforms uh discord as well so make sure you take advantage of it let's have this conversation and until sunday until the reaction show faithful cutback crew stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way